Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r/malicious-compliance video. Today we've got a crazy story of being threatened to be turned into the IRS. But first, a story from Matchika 20, no more long lunches. Male, 26, third shift team lead. So about a month or so ago, I was pulled into the office by my supervisor and another one acting as a witness. The main topic at hand was that I would take an extra 20 to 30 minutes on lunch every day, personal decision that I've been doing for about six years now. When I explained that I would do this to kill some of my overtime and was saving the company about two to three hours of time and a half pay, it didn't matter to my supervisor. He stated that I needed to be more punctual because he needs me on the floor. Okay, that's understandable. I followed up with, well, does that mean since I show up on time every day, I get to go home on time every day? He didn't like that question since he had just gotten through telling us at the beginning of the night how everything needs to be done before we leave. So we put it in the system under my work profile that we had that conversation and that he knows I can do better. Oh, I did better. Fast forward to last week, it's been almost a month of one hour lunches only and still staying late to finish off the work from the night. My paycheck was the biggest I've seen since I took this position a little more than a year ago. I was excited and I knew why it was that big. Unfortunately for my supervisors, they got into some heat for how much overtime I earned over the last month. Needless to say, they were directed to address us three about how we can't get overtime anymore and that we need to work our schedules as they are. My other supervisor said, y'all can take a longer lunch to help cut down on overtime. I jumped in immediately and stated that I would not be taking any longer lunches because I was formally sat down for a conversation regarding that matter. Straight up refused to do it, and the one who gave me that conversation just stared at me. Man, it felt super awesome to say that to them, and for them to realize I was doing them a favor this whole time. I actually got sent home early today because I've accrued a day's worth of overtime. If you were in a working situation where you would naturally start accruing overtime just from naturally working your shift, would you want to stay silent about it and see how much you could rack up? Or would you want to try to mention it to somebody and see if it can be corrected? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is from Snoo44245. So you'll turn me into the IRS if I don't agree? My brother Stan was a factory representative whose job was to set up dealerships to sell mobile homes. He was on the road a lot and made good bucks. He was the bad boy of the family and a player. He was married to a wonderful woman that the whole family loved. Unfortunately, he had met a woman on the road and he ended up filing for divorce. It was not a friendly divorce. His soon-to-be ex-wife's attorney called him up and indicated that he was asking for alimony. Based on his income that year, approximately $350,000. My brother patiently explained the ebb and flow of sales and attempted to compromise on a five-year average to include years where he made only $150,000. Yeah, I know only. The attorney continued that he knew Stan had cheated on his taxes. 
My brother interrupted and asked how he had cheated. The attorney told him that while my brother wrote off his considerable business expenses, he knew that he was reimbursed under the table by his employer and that this information might find its way to the IRS unless he accepted his demands. Stan said, so you'll turn me into the IRS if I don't agree? Yes was the answer. Stan said that he'd see him in court and hung up. My brother then contacted a tax attorney and brought in five years of records. A week later, he picked up the results and found that he owed a little over $100,000. He then drove over to the local IRS office and indicated to a rather puzzled employee that he wanted to turn himself in for cheating on his taxes. After going through the tax attorney's findings, he asked what my brother wanted to do. Stan said he wanted to pay it along with any penalties due. After a while, a day or two, he was called in and told the full amount. Shoot, I don't know, north of $100,000. Fine, said Stan, and wrote a check for exactly half of it. Then, pointing at the 1040 form, said get the other half from the person that co-signed this document. His soon-to-be ex-wife had to cash out her retirement, but the divorce proceeding went much better for my brother without the IRS leverage her attorney thought he had. I did learn early on in life not to play cards with Stan. Stan is long gone, and the details are remembered from almost 20 years ago, so forgive legal or procedural errors. I would definitely say that there's a group of people you might describe as scummy or weasel-y, but then there's another group of people that just are above and beyond those that, no matter how deep into these things they get themselves, they're like a main character in an action film with the plot armor of being signed on for two more sequels. They just seem to get out of every crazy circumstance. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has great stories, like our next one from Nick Kemptown. Well, she did ask for a surprise. I was going shopping and asked my significant other if she wanted anything from the supermarket. Often on top of practical suggestions, she'll say something like some kind of nice cake or pastry or just something chocolatey. Over the years, I've developed a pretty good sense of what sort of things she does and doesn't like in most categories, so she's rarely all that specific with her requests. However, a couple of months ago, she simply said, get me a surprise, and I grinned to myself, because technically, she'd be expecting something cakey or chocolatey, and that wouldn't be surprising now, would it? I got her a chilled packet of a dozen pre-prepared heat-in-the-oven escargots with garlic and herb butter. They were on discount too, as the use-by was that day. Double win. Reader, she was surprised. And to her credit, she did eat one, but said I could have the rest, so I did. Throughout, I'm grinning like a crappy 12-year-old boy who's pulled off the prank of the century. Not often one gets to feel like that at my age. I reveled in the immaturity of it more than I should and still smiled to myself whenever I remember it. The following week, I asked again if she had anything to add to the shopping list. Once again, she said, get me a surprise. And that devilish smile must have played on my lips because a sudden look of panicked fear appeared on her face and she hastily and desperately appended that I would like. Of course, I did. Sadly, it's been months now and she hasn't asked me for a surprise since. Shame. I'm somewhat curious to know what tinned hot dogs or beetroot smoothies taste like. Does anybody else think that shopping this way would actually be kind of interesting? 
Like obviously OP went and got heat in the oven escargot, and while I'm not necessarily sure OP's other suggestions sound necessarily appetizing, what with the tinned hot dogs and beetroot smoothies, it does sound like a kind of interesting thing to every so often when you're doing your big grocery shopping trip, just get one surprise thing that you haven't tried before that you just have no idea about and just see how it goes. Maybe you'd discover something you actually really do like. Maybe OP can't get enough escargot now. And our final story of the day is from Taxman Retired. You won't pay me for being bilingual, so which language should I work in? This happened back in the late 1990s. I'd worked for the government at the lowest paid position for five years. Due to the high unemployment and fluctuation of workloads, I would be temporarily promoted to three or even four positions above my base position for between three to eight months at a time. I was very lucky, because when the layoffs came every year, I was always their cutoff and managed to stay employed without a break in service during this time. I'm bilingual, and so every person I interacted with would be spoken to in the language they started talking to me in. There were two ladies in our HR who had an argument over which was my mother tongue. They called me into HR and asked me if I was French or English. I told them it didn't matter, I was completely bilingual. They insisted that I choose one based on my early schooling which was done in English. I was then sent on language testing for French, which I passed to their satisfaction. Suddenly, I had a slightly bigger paycheck than I'd anticipated and was told that I was eligible for the bilingual bonus as I worked on files and dealt with people in both languages. During my entire tenure, I worked in both English and French. The perk amounted to about $32 every two weeks, so not really a huge bonus, but enough to get an extra case of beer. Fast forward six years, I was transferred to a much larger office in lieu of being laid off, but at my base salary. My immediate supervisor was one level higher than I was, but she was drunk with her perceived power. I met her on my first day, and it was quite bizarre. She stomped into our work area, there were three others plus me, hopped up on a table, and stood there yelling at the top of her voice, get over here, come on, hurry up. When the four of us were in front of her looking up, she began wagging her finger at each of us in turn, like we were naughty kids at daycare yelling that there were forms that needed to be completed and sent to certain places, and that we had to do it properly or there would be heck to pay, etc., and so on. When she stopped yelling to breathe, I calmly put my hand up and asked her, are these new procedures or are you angry that they haven't been done properly? Remember, this was my first day and I've never even met her. I wasn't going to be chastised for something that I wasn't even there for, She glared at me infuriated that I would ask a question in one of her meetings, and she began to berate me. I tuned her out and sat waiting for the meeting to be over. I knew this was a bad job situation, so I kept my mouth shut and took notes. About six weeks into this childishly stupid situation, I received my paycheck, and I was short almost $100. I looked it over very carefully and discovered that not only was I not being paid my bilingual bonus, but that they were clawing back the bilingual bonus I'd received the two paychecks before. I approached my supervisor to ask why this had happened. She said, little people like you at your level don't qualify for a bilingual bonus, so tough. Now get back to work or I'll write you up. I made an appointment to speak with her supervisor, who was two levels above her. 
He said, I don't have time for these petty arguments. What the heck are you complaining about? You get free parking? Yes, he swore first. I shouted at him rather rudely. What the freak does free parking have to do with this? I don't own a freaking car. I was furious, not only because I'd been denied my bilingual bonus, but that they didn't consider me to be worth speaking with. Their attitude made it quite clear that they believed they were the top dogs in the hierarchy, and I was less than a peon. Cue malicious compliance. I walked into my boss's office first thing the next morning, and I do absolutely no work until she arrives. She tells me to get to work. I told her that I needed to know which language I was supposed to work in. She says it doesn't matter, I can work in both. I insist on seeing, in writing, my language of work. It takes her 20 minutes to find the right paperwork, but finally she stabs her finger down on a piece of paper and goes, there, you're in an English only position, now get out of here and work. I calmly walk back to my workstation, and I work all day long. But when I see a form I'm supposed to stamp and file in French, I simply place it in a growing pile on my desk. I work nine and a half hours a day so that I could leave early on Thursdays and have Fridays off. At the end of my day, I clean up and lock my work area and head into her office with a pile of papers that was just under a meter in height. I drop my load on her desk and some of it falls over onto her work. She's pissed. What the heck is this? I smiled as I calmly said, it's all your French crap, and I turned and left for the day. The entire office could hear her cursing at me and screaming for me to get back there and clean it up. I laughed quietly to myself as I stood waiting for my bus, planning on enjoying my long weekend. The next day, Friday, my friend called and told me that she was furious and was going from crying to yelling to just sitting there. Monday morning, I show up at work and am greeted by her boss. He told me that I have a bad attitude and that he was going to lay me off because there were cutbacks coming and that he was going to give me two weeks notice when the budget was finalized. I wasn't surprised, so I spent the morning looking for other opportunities and positions to apply for. I didn't do a single bit of work, and my boss never poked her head out of her office. Later that afternoon, I received a call from HR, and I'm thinking, crap, here it comes. But instead, I'm told that the competition for a position that I'd applied for was completed and because I landed in the top 10 of the English position and in second in the French position, I had the choice of office I wanted to work in. I was very happy because I could choose to work in my old office with all my friends. I danced around the office a little and no one could miss the absolute joy on my face. I spent the next two weeks doing absolutely nothing and my bosses just ignored it because... Bonus! The position I took was two levels higher than my supervisor's boss, and he was required to ask for my permissions to change anything in his office. My former supervisor was demoted because of my complaints to the union, and she lost her bilingual bonus. I started in the mailroom and learned so much about the organization that I was able to be placed anywhere and work effectively. I had a degree and certificate in two polar opposite fields of study before I started working there. Just because someone is working for minimum wage doesn't mean they're stupid and you can treat them like crap because you never know, they may just be your boss one day. Although I was very upset at the way I'd been treated, I never used my position to be punitive to them. I could have easily have done so without any suspicion, but nah. 
They needed to learn how a boss should treat their staff, not be subjected to abuse. Well, I must say that OP is a bigger person than a lot of people would be. It would be very easy for these people who tried to step on you earlier on in your career to be seen as worthy of getting a little bit of that kicked back in their face. So good on OP for just being the bigger person about it and continuing to prove that they deserved that promotion. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.